let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Folger, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility, stability, and strength. Your body is your greatest tool, and when you move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movementgb.com, that's mvmtgb.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free for life. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast, and today we have our first ever team duo podcast. There's three of us on here. Um, We've never done a duo before, but uh, we're joined by Ben Ganther and Sam Howard. They are bringing a new gym to Green Bay this year. I'm not going to drop it. I'm going to let them tell you all about it. But uh, guys, thanks for uh, taking the time out and talking. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. So why don't, you know, I know the suspense is there. I didn't name drop. I usually name drop already. So what they're doing and all that, but I'm going to let you guys do it. So why don't you tell us what you are bringing to Green Bay? Um, since this is the first episode of the new year, happy new year to all. Um, and we've, they've got some big things happening this year. So tell us all about it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're bringing Odyssey Climbing and Fitness to Green Bay, which is going to be the first full-service climbing and fitness facility in Green Bay. Um, we're super psyched to bring it to the area. Uh, I'll let Ben dig into a little bit about what we're bringing, what we're trying to do in terms of building a community. But we're, we're really excited for it. That's sick. I know. The conversations we've had, I'm, I'm jacked for to be here. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, it'll be a, a new offering for uh, not just Green Bay, but Northeast Wisconsin. There hasn't been a climbing gym in kind of the broader 920 area since uh, Vertical Stronghold closed in the like early mid 2000s. That was a kind of first generation climbing gym in, uh, in the Appleton area. Uh, and so there's been a surprisingly a, a lack of, um, of climbing gyms in the area. Uh, especially when you look at cities like Milwaukee, like Madison, and you know, even more broadly, Chicago, New York, Boston, LA. These are places that have tons of indoor climbing gyms, multiple locations, multiple brands. Um, and so as we started uh, kind of looking around, and, uh, and I'm from the Green Bay area originally, uh, seeing that there was no climbing gym uh, in the area, we got pretty stoked to uh, be the first ones to, to bring it to, to Green Bay. Yeah, that's sick. Um, I mean, there's nothing. We've talked about it. There's nothing like that anywhere. Like, I'm just pumped for it. So, we're, like, what's your background in climbing? Like, how did you guys kind of get to this point where you just were like, hey, let's just do this? Yeah. Um, so, I'll go first because my background's the shortest. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been climbing for about five years uh, and actually started climbing in a gym uh, at Adventure Rock in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. So and that's where I met Sam. Well, I met Sam earlier, but uh, Sam is actually engaged to my sister, Maddie. Uh, okay. and when they moved to Milwaukee from, from Madison, 
uh, started spending more time with them. And, and so we started climbing because Sam, as you'll, you'll hear, has been climbing a lot longer than I have and just had this like aha moment, right? Because you go climbing and you're with friends and you're having a good time and, you know, you're there for two, two and a half hours and all of a sudden you get done and you feel worked. Like you get this great work on you're like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> and that was kind of the light bulb moment where you're like, this is really cool. This is really awesome. And it kind of started snowballing from there. So that's how I got into the sport. Um, and, uh, but, but Sam goes a lot deeper than that. Yeah. My, my background goes since before I can really remember it, to be honest. So <laughs> when I was, when I was a really little kid, our, our typical summer vacations were a couple weeks at Devil's Lake. And whenever we'd go out there, my dad was really patient with taking three little kids up and setting top ropes outside, you know, putting stuff up so that we could get on it for 25 minutes or so, uh, you know, climb these cliffs at Devil's Lake and then be tired with it and want to come down. So he put in hours of work so that we could, you know, get outside and try it out a little bit. But I think my first like real climbing memory is I was very young and it's kind of a scary one for me. I was, uh, there's, there's a climbing method called top roping where, you know, you climb to the top of the route and you have the rope attached at the top. So you're supported the whole way. Um, but I climbed off route a little bit. So I had a little bit of a swing to get back to where I was supposed to be. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a little kid and this is back when maybe climbing was a little more, you know, fresh, right. A little more counterculture. Um, but I'm sitting up on that route and I'm just crying my eyes out as a little kid because <laughs> right? I'm afraid that I'm going to swing. And uh, I sit up there for a while and, and eventually some, you know, nice 20 something year old guy climbed up, picked me up and put me back on route. So I wasn't going to swing. Right. <laughs> and, and it's awesome that the community has always been that way. for me. You know, like they've always been welcoming to whether it's, me as a crying little kid or whoever you might be right it's it seems like it's a really a really special thing to drop into and it's it's a ton of fun but so yeah climbing goes way back for me um it didn't really really start clicking for me until maybe uh middle school high school once i stepped out of organized sports in high school um and i spent a ton of time at adventure rock in milwaukee but uh going outside is what did it for me. So after I was done with sports in high school, me and my dad and my buddies would go around to all the crags in Wisconsin. And then uh, I was learning about all these beautiful places that we have to get outside and engage with nature through climbing, kind of as a conduit for exploration outside. Uh, and it, it really clicked with me. Um, and then it, then it kind of became something that I knew I was going to build my life around in one way or another. And when he says build his life around, he really means build a pyramid scheme climbing. <laughs> because he's basically now got all these people that have started climbing because of him, myself included, where you look at it and like, if he needs a belayer or somebody to climb with at any moment in time, he just has like 20 people be like, hey, you want to climb? Nope, next person. Nope, next person. So yeah, yeah it, it's quite <laughs> built up. Yeah. It, it's not all for self gain, but you bring up a good point. Like, over the past couple of decades, I've spent a lot of time taking people outside, teaching them skills, trying to get them in the gym and introducing them to this sport I love. And a lot of them have stuck to it, you know, because it, you do have that aha moment pretty quickly. It is a, a pretty special way to work out and, and a great way to build community. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the right way to do it too, because it's climbing is very much a, a mentorship sport. You know, it's not, it, it's not a, a sport that you should just pick up and like learn like 
outside on your own. Like mm-hmm. you, you want to go to a gym first, probably. You know, it's why we're starting Odyssey in Green Bay is we can introduce the sport to people in a safe and healthy way. And then you learn from people like Sam who have this experience to show you how to kind of engage with nature in this really cool way and, and have a good time, but also do it safely. So um, this idea of mentorship and community is, is pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So um, obviously, climb, I think climbing is super unique um, and it's difficult. I mean, I've been Devil's Lake probably back in high school and I'd lived down in Milwaukee. Um, and that's a struggle. I mean, it's, it takes a lot of effort. And like you guys kind of said, like it's a workout without really feeling like you're working out because you're doing something, you're active, you're moving and all that, but you touched on it. It's important to learn it the right way from the right people. So are you guys incorporating some type of mentorship, doing lessons for people that want to just get started or what's that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So basically the way that the gym will run and, and we're about a year from opening now. So you kind of tease that there's some exciting things coming for sure. <laughs> and uh, it'll be this really weird waiting period, but also things are happening really fast for us. So time will fly quickly. But um, so we'll be open in about a year uh, and we'll sell memberships to the general public to you know, basically join like you would any traditional gym. Uh, okay. So you obviously have climbing there so that's unlimited full access to that so there's 10,000 square feet of climbing wow. that includes roped climbing bouldering uh, those kind of the main two disciplines um, and then on top of that we have general fitness so free weights cardio kind of what you'd imagine you would need to have in like your more traditional fitness setting mm-hmm. so really people can kind of come there and get their full uh, gamut of, of fitness services through the climbing gym that's why it's obviously climbing and fitness Mm-hmm. Um, but then on top of that, there will be a ton of programming. So you think about the membership side, the other piece of our business really is programming. So offering classes, teaching people how to climb, teaching people how to belay, teaching people how to lead belay. And what are the personal training classes that we'll be offering so that people maybe want to take not just their climbing, but like their fitness mm-hmm. to the next level. Um, what are different ways that we can program like nutrition classes through that yoga classes, things like that. So um, we really have a, a pretty wide offering, not just from like the climbing perspective of it. So certainly getting people into climbing, teaching them, mentoring them there, but then just the general fitness offering as well. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Trevor, you hit a point about like it being kind of difficult to come in or maybe a little bit, uh, you know, overwhelming the first mm-hmm. time. That's something we're really focused on is lowering that barrier to entry. So. We are absolutely encouraging people who have never done it to get in the gym. Our staff's going to be there to help them out, teach them how to do it. We have, you know, uh, difficulty levels that range from beginner, beginner to hard stuff that you can move on to. So it's definitely something we want to encourage people that have never done it before to jump in and try it out. Awesome. Yeah, and that's what I figured. But I wanted people to to know that, like, hey, it doesn't matter where you're at. These guys are going to help you and lead you along the way. I mean, it's. It's super important to learn it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hu- humility is a big part of it, right? Yeah. I mean, climbing in general, I mean, kind of knowing that you're out and you're going to go and like try this really hard objective and like failure is like a key part of that. And so even as you're progressing further into your climbing journey, failure is there a lot. So, you know, people that come into the gym for the first time, we want to meet them where they're at and give them that experience to say, hey, this is what it's about and, and give them something to shoot for and, and just have a good time and, and hopefully fall in love with the sport the way that we do. That's it. That's awesome. I mean, it's 
you're going to fail. Everybody fails, right? But it's it's a matter of doing it and like kind of seeing it for what it is. Like you fail today, but you're going to go back the next day and those small gains, the biggest thing, I mean, I say this all the time. You guys probably are aware of it, like consistency. You have to be consistent with it. And if you're not enjoying it, like that's just part of the game. Like it's not always going to be, you're going to be frustrated and that's with anything. So it's like, just go in, show up, do your best. Fail, probably. I mean, I do it every freaking day. So, like, yeah. just show up the next day and do it again. It's, I mean, you, you hit it head on. Like, humility is a, it's a good thing to have. I mean, people need oh, to have it. Totally. Yeah, it's cool because climbing kind of sits in the middle of, like, all of those things, right? Like, we're talking about health and wellness. We're talking about community. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about just, like, general, like, process and improvement. And, like, climbing just, like, it's kind of like an arbitrary thing in and of itself. Like, hey let me climb to the top of this 40 foot wall and then get lowered back down like that was cool but like it, when you put it all together like that and you look at the elements of it like there's something powerful there so um it, it's pretty exciting for us to be able to bring that to green bed mm-hmm. i feel like for me personally like con- talk about conquering fear i don't like heights and like again that's i think probably a lot of other people don't but you guys are doing things the right way i mean there's always just conquer that fear, man. I hate heights. I'm gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. For quick story about about that. So I've got I've got a buddy since first grade. Oh, he grew up in Wrightstown, and uh, he recently uh, got into climbing. Um, kind of because of us, but also his fiance is a big climber. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he was kind of the same way. Um, you know, afraid of heights, and honestly, it's pretty cool to see him now. Like he's climbing harder than I am. Uh, which is you know not impressive but like you know I'm finding certainly longer than him uh but to see a guy who was like certainly had some like fear of heights to be kind of pushing himself that way it's it's pretty cool yeah that's I mean that's that's what it's about and it sounds like you guys have especially Sam kind of what you guys were talking about before like you have this list of people that you've kind of brought on now <laughs> pyramid <Yeah>. scheme um <laughs> what has that so What's the journey like from starting to kind of getting, like, take some of those people, like, they did never climbed before. What's that look like? And as they progress, what are, like, what are some of those progressions? What are some of those goals that they hit? Like, what's that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, it's like climbing's always rattling around in the back of my somewhere, right? So I'm always talking about it to some degree or, or <laughs> at least asking people to get out and do it, right? So a lot of the people that I introduced to the sport in college was just because we were looking for something else to do. You know, you're studying all the time or, you know, you're going out and having fun, but there's these alternative opportunities that you have. So I, I fortunately have that background. So usually I introduce someone to the sport, we get them in the gym, we start climbing, and then it's a little bit of the consistency, right? It's fun right away, but having another person with you or having, you know, a place that you can go and spend more time doing it comfortably is key. Right. Then you start to grow and it it really becomes a game of, all right, what am I going to learn from or what am I going to gain from a strength standpoint? Right. I'm going to get better. I'm going to be able to do harder things. What am I going to learn from conquering my fears or risk risk mitigation standpoint? And then what am I going to learn from the technical side? So most people, when they, they get in the gym, they're doing really easy stuff. You know, they're just kind of feeling out the sport. Um, and then they start to step into, hey, I'm going to start top roping, which is something that you need to take a class for and learn different skills, right? So now you're taking a little more 
technical knowledge with you when you're going out. And that's exciting, right? So you top rope a ton of stuff and then you start learning about lead climbing, which is even more technically difficult, more physically demanding, right? So there's this interesting duality of like physical growth and technical skills that you're picking up along the way. And for me, at least, bringing people outside is one of my favorite things, uh, showing them what's out there in Wisconsin that they can get on because it's, it's super interesting to be able to take those skills that you've learned in the gym you know, the kind of physical strengths you've honed a little bit and then bring them into other aspects of, you know, outdoor recreation. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would add to that too. Um, because I, I have the most recent like experience between the two of us of like going into the gym for the first time Mm -hmm. and then like kind of starting some of those progressions. And, uh, I'd say what really helps like when, when the hook really gets set is, so you go with friends, it's this fun time, again, it's that community aspect, but then you've got somebody like Sam, <clears throat> who is like the best cheerleader for you like, <laughs> of all time. Like this is a guy who climbs really hard, right? Like he's going in the gym, he's leading five clubs, and he's working really hard climbs. Um, but then, you know, you're climbing for the first time, you're in the beginner area, you're on an auto belay and you're climbing a five, seven, five, eight for the first time. And he's just like super pumped for you as you like get to the top of the climb and, you know, like that really makes you feel good. So that's like a little small win, right? Then you get to your first climb where it's like a little bit challenging. You can't figure it out. And Sam's like, hey, man, like maybe if you do this one thing, when you get to this hold, like throw this thing, it's called a crimp on that hold and like your hand will stick and you'll be amazed. And then all of a sudden you do it. You're like, oh my God, what just happened? That was so amazing. And so like giving people this like fun environment. So again, that community is huge. But then like, putting those small wins in front of them that you know they can accomplish and like knock down so that they don't have this like moment of like, oh, I don't know, this isn't really for me, right? Like it's a really like simple but effective way to like get people hooked. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you guys brought that up because I was going, based off of what you guys were saying, I was going to ask what kind of mental barriers do you see people overcome? I mean, I'm just thinking like from starting, it's everything is always more mental. I mean you can do what you think you can do so what like how you guys kind of touched on it a little bit but i gotta believe that there are some mental hurdles but seeing people kind of switch like when do you see that switch i mean that's gotta be pretty freaking cool that's a good question i don't know i don't i think it never switches it just moves right it's like you push your comfort zone beyond that point but like it never goes away right so like there's never this moment where you clear it and you're like I'm going to go free solo well cap, right. you know, unless you're out there, which I would not recommend anybody doing that, right? So, like, I wouldn't call the switch so much as just, like, a, a pushing of that comfort zone further. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it was, so I started out climbing and just, like, going, like, jumping on the auto blades. And for whatever reason, some people don't have it this way, but, like, that was very comforting to me, knowing that the system is probably over-designed, over-engineered, is just going to catch me and lower me on my way down, right? That was pretty easy barrier for me to clear Mm -hmm. um and then i got blade for the first time where i'm climbing and somebody is holding the rope on the other end which now it's like i'd rather be belayed than anyway so the point being is that was a hurdle for me where i was like is this person gonna hold me right you know it's sam's dad who got him into climbing he's been climbing for like 50 years a long long time yeah (laughs) Um, and so you know, th- then then you get into lead climbing, right? Where you got this different level of difficulty, you got to come over that. So there's just always the next thing. Mm-hmm. 
climbing, which I also think is unique about it because it's really, I would say it's, it's more difficult than climbing to like stagnate or not have something to push towards it in plateau. You certainly have plateaus, but because there's always that next thing, right? There's always something to work towards. That's really cool. That's really, I mean, that's important. I think it's important for people to know that stuff because I love what you said about pushing outside of your comfort zone. Like that's how you grow as a person. I mean, you just kind of have to live in that discomfort a little bit. I mean, cause if you're comfortable, you're, complacent complacency just doesn't lead to anything positive Mm -hmm. typically like you just kind of go through the motion so i love killing comfort it's huge and you guys are bringing that that's dope (laughs) (laughs) uh so you guys have thrown some terms out um that i want you to explain (laughs) um so you guys are saying stuff like uh top rope bouldering lead climbing like five seven five eight what are you guys saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I didn't, uh, I didn't prep my dictionary in first, so hopefully we don't get too many of these wrong. That should be your favorite book. <laughs> uh, let's start with the different ways of roped climbing. How about that? So there are going to be two types of climbing in our gym. One is bouldering and one is roped climbing. So the roped climbing is on the taller walls. For us, those walls would be mid-30s to high 40 feet tall. And on those walls, there's pretty much three ways to climb. Um, So the the climber will start at the bottom of the wall, and they'll progress up the wall to the top, and then they'll be lowered back down. So the first and the easiest way to jump in the gym and do it is with an auto belay. And that's a system that sits at the top of the wall. So the climber will walk up to the wall, and they'll clip the auto belay into their harness. And basically, their harness is... Uh, just kind of like a waist strap device that holds you. So you can, you know, be lowered with it. You can be lifted with it. They're really strong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the climber will take the auto belay and they'll clip it into their harness so they're protected and they'll climb up. And then when they fall off the wall, they'll slowly get lowered by that device to the ground. So that's really easy because you can jump in the gym and you don't need to have any technical skills at that point, right? You can have a big group of friends that you're climbing audible is with, and nobody needs to take tests, you know, to test out on technical skills. You can just jump on the audible aids and climb them all day. So that's, that's a great, great way to jump into the sport. Um, the next is top roping. And that's where there's a rope that both ends of it are at the ground and it loops up to the top of the route and back down. So one end of the rope will have a belayer. And that's essentially the person that will uh, catch the climber. So the climber will climb up and the belayer will take slack out of the rope uh, so that when the climber inevitably falls, they fall, you know, three to six inches and they're caught by the belayer. The belayer can then lower them to the ground. The last is lead climbing. That's where both ends of the rope are at the ground and the climber is attaching the rope to what are called quick draws, but basically just points up the wall. Uh, and that's the most technically advanced in the gym. It carries, um, you know, more physical, physical demanding work there because you have to stop at points to clip yourself in. Um, and it also has the opportunity for bigger falls, safe falls, but bigger falls in the gym. So I don't know if that did a good job of explaining those three things, but those are, those are the three rope climbing options we're going to have in the gym. Perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then bouldering is, as a distinction to that, so that's the other form of climbing love in the gym. That's climbing without ropes, but on shorter walls. So um, in our gym, they'll go up to you know, 14, 15 feet in height. Um, and then there's big pads underneath it that runs basically the length and then pretty far depth from the wall. So any point at which you'd fall, you'd be falling onto these pads that are designed to break your fall uh, bouldering. So those are the forms of climbing. Um, and some of the other stuff we're throwing out there, the 5, 7, 5, 8, 5, 12, what that, what that really is is a, a rating system. So um, an indication of the style of climbing that you're doing, but then the, that last number, the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, that's the indication of difficulty of the climb. So the higher you go, mm. the difficult that that would be. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, most people that will be getting into the gym, learning how to climb, they'll be kind of getting in and, and climbing in that five, seven, working through the five, eight, five, nine range. And then you start breaking into the five tens, the five elevens. You're getting pretty good at this thing. Start climbing five, 12, five, 13. It's like, okay, you're one of the stronger climbers in the gym. And then once you're kind of beyond that point, I mean, the, those are some pretty advanced climbs in that 514, 515 range where certainly I'll never be touching those in my life. Yeah, you gotta have a sponsor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're climbing that at Odyssey, we'll be very happy to see you. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, it's pretty, it, it seems scientific, but it's also kind of an art too mm-hmm. for grading because some people might find a 511 climb really easy, but then get on a 510 climb that's a different style and have some difficulty for it. So. It's yeah. not a perfect science, but it's a good indication of the difficulty level. It's, it's super stylistic, right? And then also it's it's about the, the mental game of it, right? There may be moves that are more committing on one route that require, you know, more power or something like that. So it is a, it does float a little bit around those ratings, right? Where a, a climb could definitely be right near wheelhouse and a climb of the same grade could feel really, really hard. So okay. it floats a little bit. Cool. That all makes sense now. <laughs> um, looking at, like, where did the name Odyssey come from? How did you guys come up with that? Like, what's, is there a meaning behind it? Was it just, like, a word Sam read in the dictionary that he decided to pull off the show? <laughs> one day or what? Yeah. Well, so we've been working on Odyssey um, in earnest, I'd say, for two and a half years about um where that was kind of the point at which we really actively started looking for sites and thinking about how we're going to raise money to open a gym obviously the capital investment into putting walls up the equipment all that it's it's pretty high so two and a half years is really kind of the point at which we really started working to bring odyssey to life but it was even before that where this idea was kind of percolating around um and it was during that time that we really kind of settled on the name um and oh, we had notebooks just filled with pages and pages and pages of different names that yeah. we were throwing around like, mm-hmm. oh, this would be cool, or what about this? And, and we'd Google and be like, oh, there's a climbing gym in Texas that has that <laughs> done. And then we'd like, you know, we're like, oh, Tennessee, like Seven Summits, like, okay, there's a climbing gym there with that name. Like, and so we just kept kind of pushing through, pushing through. And um, I think it was also in parallel of making the go to or, or maybe maybe that was a chicken and the egg thing but i don't know for me that the idea of odyssey is this idea of the journey right and so it's been something that we've been talking a lot about today even just kind of tangentially but you know always pushing that next step like pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and and really it is less about like getting to the top 
then it is about that process that you're going through to kind of get into climbing, take that first step and you know what's next. And so that idea is kind of, I think, distilled throughout the sport of climbing. Um, and then as we're thinking about Odyssey and what we are as a facility, we kind of are that beginning point for a lot of people, whether they're going to be training for, you know, a really hard project that season, or they're going to be that first time climber. And so being that touch point for people along the way, that's, that's what we're all about. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head, Ben. That was perfect. That's awesome. I mean, I would totally agree to that. Couldn't have been said any better. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, so obviously, I mean, you guys' passion about this is pretty clear. I mean, you guys are pretty bought in and really passionate about bringing this in. Where's it going to be located? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually on the 600 block of Mike McCarthy Way. Um, we're going to be a few blocks off of Lambo there and a block and change off of Badger State Brewing. So nice. We're right in that area, not quite the title town district, but a, a fantastic addition to what they have going on there and, and definitely bringing some good energy to, to that side of the stadium. Yeah, that's a great location. Yeah, yeah, we're... We're pretty excited about it. I mean, the way that we kind of came to that site was super fortuitous. We had struck out a handful of times up until that point. And, um, we've actually been talking to uh, the folks at Adventure Rock at that time. And uh, kind of each time we'd show them a new site, they'd be like, hey, this is a cool site. Probably not going to be your location. We'd be like, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> they don't know how real this is. Yeah. And, uh, and they were right. And then this site, uh, we actually got connected to the developer uh, through a different location in Appleton. And so we kind of pivoted towards this and with not knowing a ton about it, but knowing that it would be roughly where we wanted to be and that we can make it work. And the more that we got into it, like this location is perfect. You know, you're sitting kind of really close to Lambo, that's great. but. In between Ashland and 41, I mean, two really high-trafficked uh, roads in Green Bay and in northeast Wisconsin, um, right off of Lombardi Avenue, too. I mean, the access there is great. I mean, we don't need to be Maine and Maine, so the mm -hmm. fact that we're a little bit off the beaten path is perfect. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's super cool. We're, we're really excited about not just us and what we're going, but that just general community and what's being built up around it. Yeah, it, there's so much. That's a very up-and-coming area. It is. That's that's awesome. Um, I had a question, but I forgot it. Uh, so <laughs> now I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> actually, so you said how much uh, square footage of climbing is there going to be? Uh, about ten thousand square feet. Ten thousand square feet. Okay. Um, what's the big difference? I'm, and this is just pure curiosity for me. From climbing inside to climbing outside um does one piggyback off the other like how does that work yeah that's that's also a great question here but um the, so when when you think about climbing inside um basically what the gym is going to do is going to cater up a bunch of different what are called routes for rope climbing and problems for bouldering um so we're going to have a team of what's called route setters that take the holds and take them off the walls, put them on the walls in interesting or different orientations mm -hmm. to create those different difficulty levels, right? So for our gym, we're gonna go with a 
monochromatic hold scheme. So if you walk up to the wall and you want to climb this 5-7, there's going to be a little block on the first hold that states what it is. And then it's going to be every, let's say, yellow hold up the wall that you're going to touch on, right? So hands, feet, they're already called out based on the hold color. Um, so that makes climbing indoors really obvious, right? It's easy to walk up to the wall um, and understand where you're going and what you're doing. I'd say translating that outside, there's a lot of other things in terms of having technical knowledge to set things up or lead stuff. But one of the harder things to translate gym to outdoor climbing, I would say, is being able to read actual rock in a way to, to make your climbing efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the movements are comparable, right? I mean, that's probably where they overlap the most. But, you know, you could be doing the same movements inside and then move those same moves outside, and all of a sudden it just becomes way harder because you're trying to find the holds. The rock isn't as obvious as this brightly colored hold on a you know, white wall or gray wall, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, piggybacking, you know, I'd say generally speaking, in my experience, it was climbing inside first and then moving outside. Yeah. Ton of people have the opposite experience, right? Really? Like people like Sam who yeah. grew up climbing outside first, hmm. and indoor climbing becomes a way to train for what they're doing outside. So again, it's kind of wherever people are in, in their journeys is what um, the climbing gym can kind of serve that purpose for. Um, but yeah, Sam, Sam nailed it. Climbing outside is way harder. Notoriously <laughs> <laughs> bad with bouldering. Notoriously bad with bouldering. Yeah, a lot more elements too, variables out there. I bet outside. Totally. At least from what I remember, we went like when I was in high school. I did this like rope climbing course like every year. It was probably my favorite thing. But um, we went to Devil's Lake, and like my gym teacher was kind of nuts. He doesn't listen to this, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> so like. We would go like early spring where there was still snow on the ground and stuff. And he'd be like, just, just do it. Like go up there, whatever. It's like, okay, like this is cold. This is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you get, you get cold fingertips. And, um, back in high school, I was, I was projecting a route, which is basically like, there's a hard route outside and you want to climb it. So you spend multiple times going to the wall to learn and, uh, I'm I'm finally there. It's starting to rain, and I start working up the route. It's flake route at Devil's Lake, and I reach a pocket in the wall, which is like a deeper setback pocket. And I put my hand into it, and I touch something wet and slimy, so I fall off the route. And then I get back up there, and I look in the pocket, and there's a big frog sitting in that <laughs> staring me in the eyes because I just poked him. That's something you'll never see inside, right? You guys so, aren't gonna have that in the in the gym, no. huh? No, not pre-flex frogs, I don't think. <laughs> oh. so there's just different weird things oh, yeah. being outside that you can't yeah. before. Right, right. Yeah, no frogs. All right, that's good to know. I hate frogs. I hate toads. <laughs> so I'm glad that that's not going to be popping out. Yeah. Um, for the fitness side of things, is it going to be general fitness? Or is it going to be like climbing-specific fitness? Or is it... Like, what's, what's that look like? Because I know you guys touched on that a little earlier on. We didn't really ask too much about that. but Yeah. No, it'll be both. So okay. um, I'd say generally it's general fitness, right? So yeah. squat racks, benches, uh, free weights, barbells, uh, exercise bands, medicine balls, kind of what, like 
whatever you'd imagine you would need to kind of run a, a full circuit of different um, lifts mm-hmm. or uh, fitness movements. But then we will have climbing specific training tools where you're working some more specific muscles uh, or groups of muscles that are more needed for climbing, so like mm-hmm. hand strength, forearms, that sort of stuff. So we'll have both. Nice. That's cool. I was I was curious about that. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you guys want people to know about what you guys are bringing to the area? Like, again, I'm super pumped and stoked for this to to happen. I I would just say check out our website, jump onto the uh, email newsletter. We send one out once a month with what we're doing in the community, uh, how we're trying to engage with people, events, marketing stuff. When we finally turn on memberships, it'll be you know driven through there. So come check us out at odysseyclimbing.com. Uh, jump on the newsletter and, and stay in the loop on anything. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean, where we're at right now, since we're about a year from opening, is we're just trying to build the community, right? So mm-hmm. telling people about what we're doing, getting them excited about it, and then kind of like slowly introducing them to the world of climbing. And so the newsletter is the best way to do that. We also have our Instagram, which is at odyssey.climbing. Um, so definitely stay in the know, um, and we'll uh, we'll keep uh, keep everything rolling here. We're pretty excited over the next few months. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Okay, I got not that I haven't been drilling you guys with enough questions, but I know you guys are prepped for these three coming at you now. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I am curious, what is your both of yours favorite uh, health related book? And the, I I always say it like. I got to come up with this question, but uh, um, <laughs> health, health being vague, like there's, it's such a vague term and it's like an umbrella term basically. So what you guys got? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I heard that question, it immediately brought to mind a book that I've been neglecting on my bookshelf um, <laughs> It's called training for new alpinism. And it, it's actually interesting. It kind of meshes with what we've seen in climbing as, People have moved away from just using it as like an outside activity to inside training and then into eventually highly competitive teams and into the Olympics, right? There was this uh, original approach of you train for climbing by going outside and climbing big stuff and training, you know, and, and doing these massive objectives. But there's been a shift to actually having climbing training as a professional athlete would train, right? So targeting certain you know, muscle groups, making sure you're using the right rest, the right training practices. So this is a massive book that breaks down all of the proper ways to climb, uh, to train for climbing, for alpinism, proper ways to eat, you know, mental health in terms of mis- risk mitigation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's super interesting. It's really cool. I definitely, like I said, have been neglecting it, but <laughs> it, it highlights an interesting shift that we've seen in the industry over the past, you know, couple couple decades. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, and mine, mine's a, you know, I'll take the vague term for health there, um, which I appreciate because I also fully support. Um, but it's a book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. Good book. Um, yeah, it's really awesome. And I don't know, what I like about books is, and I, I don't have a great memory, so like I don't retain like 90% of like what's in a book. Mm-hmm. But Damn. I remember like key things, right? And so like, the, like if there's a book that that key thing sticks with you, it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. So this whole like concept of grit, right, as um, this kind of defining characteristic for, in particular, she studies youth and like how kids can like grow throughout their really formative years and then develop these traits so that they can be 
successful in whatever capacity, whatever that means. Um, she uses these like studies of like high end performers and kind of the common denominator through all of it was, was this idea of grit. And so I just think that's so applicable for a lot of the stuff that we were talking about today that especially from a health and wellness perspective is super important. So like just sticking with stuff, right. Mm -hmm. and having that determination, but also like matching it with your passion so that it's easier to stick with that and um, kind of developing those habits so habits over time. So kind of more of like a, a mental health side of things, but um, yeah, grit, really, really good book. Yeah. It's, that's a good one. Um, what's the, she talks about equations, right? There's two equations in there. It's like, do you remember them? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the main one that I remember is grit equals passion plus determination. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so like she, uh, she talks about grit, but distilling it down to like what is actionable mm -hmm. with it, um, it, it was kind of pairing up those two pieces, right? Because, you know, you could have quote unquote grit and say you're like trying to learn the piano, but you hate it. Like you're not going to do really concerted practice for becoming good at the piano, like you're just going to sit down for a half hour and play a bunch of A notes or whatever, right? Or like <laughs> cross buns over and over. But if you have this passion for it, like this piece that like kind of pushes your curiosity or makes you want to go outside of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, if you pair that with the determination, um, you'll kind of just keep pushing that boundary, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, and on the flip side, if you don't have the passion, or sorry, you don't have the determination, but you're passionate about something, mm -hmm. um, you know, you might enjoy it, uh, but then once you hit that wall, you might just say, okay, yeah, this is good enough for me. Like, I'm good here, and then you sort of plateau, right? Yeah. It's, uh, that, that equation, I think, was, was pretty powerful. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. That was probably my favorite, my, one of my biggest takeaways were the few equations that, was, that were in that book. I think the, yeah. the other one was like, talent times effort equals skill, and skill times effort equals achievement. Yeah. I think yeah, that's really another one, too. Um, have you guys heard of the app Optimize? I've not. No. It's a. It's for people like us who can't retain a lot of the what we read. It basically, <laughs> it basically is like a Spark Notes of all of these books. Um, it's like five to seven pages. It breaks down like the key points. Um, has some paragraphs in there, and yeah, it just highlights key points of books. So like, if, if you don't want to read the whole thing, but get like the Spark Cliff Note version, like. It's good. And then they've got like lessons on it and stuff like that too. So it, it breaks it down like they I think they call it like one on one and then they have a video as well as like a PDF of like their book summary. It's pretty Sweet. cool. And they just changed it was a paid thing, but I think they just changed it and they give a ton for free now. So cool. it's it's cool. You guys should check it out. Again, for those of us that don't retain what we read. Because right, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Um, okay, shameless plug. What's your favorite uh, health-related activity to do in the Green Bay area? Yeah. Uh, so I'll go first and uh, full disclosure. So I just closed out my house in Green Bay mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, so in the process of making the full-time move up there. So my, my list is, is fairly short, but I'm more excited about the things that I will be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So shameless plug on our side. Odyssey climbing and fitness, uh, I will be coming. But uh, you know what? I'm actually super excited about getting into because we've had all these conversations with uh, business owners and folks in the community that you know I think have a really strong overlap with what we want to be doing with Odyssey. 
and uh, getting into the the bike the cycling community in particular uh, fat biking so like biking in the wintertime on those mm-hmm. like tread bikes I'm really looking forward to that I've never really gotten into nice. uh, cycling in the past but I also do like winter sports snowboarding skiing snowshoeing that stuff okay so getting on a fat bike and uh and going around the fox river trails and and around uh not just green bay but northeast wisconsin i'm pretty excited about nice yeah there's a bunch of trails so that great area to do it oh yeah ben stole mine but the winter version of it i'm excited <laughs> for my I, I love the mountain bike up there so okay uh accessibility to what's in the area immediately mm-hmm. is is nice there's not a ton around the milwaukee area true about you know, 45 minute to an hour ride for mountain biking. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's a, that's a big change. I mean, I've only been up here for four years, so we're still, I'm like, Erica's family has been here for 10 or so years, but she has only been up here for a few years as well because being in school and whatnot. But we need to get out and do more stuff too. There's a ton up here. Like, like you guys said, Milwaukee, it's a great city. Not, but you got to do a little bit of driving to find outdoor stuff. What uh, what's uh, what's your favorite? I'm sure the listeners have heard it all before, but uh, I'm curious. You know, it's tough. We haven't done. Everybody has said like the trails. Everybody's always like go on the trails. For us, we've got two dogs. Um, we've got a ten year old retriever and a seven year old like little teddy bear dog, and so we like to go through the woods. We like to go like not just like an open concrete trail i like to find like wooded trails um and take them through that because they love running in and out and in between and um i think being out in nature is very powerful for yourself and the mentality like mental health side of things too um so that's one of our favorite things to do i can't remember there's one that we drove to that we go to quite a bit i can't remember the name um erica found it but it's a couple of miles of just wooded trails so I, I love doing that stuff. Cool. Yes. Yeah. All right. Final one. What is a piece of advice you'd give to somebody that's kind of looking to um, turn around, kind of get back to that healthier lifestyle or just change some of their habits? I, I have one that is always, always applicable to me that I always need to remind myself about, mm-hmm. and that's balancing proper rest and recovery with your workouts. I am constantly pushing too hard, pushing myself into injury, especially if you're just starting out again. It's really tempting to jump back into something at the level you remember doing it before, right? But it's, it's oftentimes better to ease into it, to take your rest and recovery and know that it's a longer process and that you're not going to jump in right away at 100%. So that's one I'm, I'm always battling with myself. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite end of that spectrum. That, <laughs> like the best health, uh, I guess, habits that I've instituted is uh, kind of around the idea of moderation. Like I'm certainly not like the paragon of healthy decisions, but, you know, doing a small thing to change your behavior, I think is a really powerful idea. And so like a few years ago, I started tracking just like the number of workouts that I did in a year. Right. Mm. And so I, that I defined it as a really low barrier, you know, it's like 20 minutes of cardio could qualify or if you worked out, like whatever. So like defining that and then counting it, but then I tracked it against like a vice, right? So in this case, it was going to happy hour. And then like trying to maintain a ratio of like how much I worked out versus how much I went to happy hour. And so 
if there were times when all of a sudden like I wasn't, I was kind of like falling behind that ratio, then maybe I would do a two day on like Saturday or something like that. It was just like a really easy metric for me to like have a measurable, right? Mm -hmm. That wasn't like, hey, how much am I lifting today in terms of like output or like how many calories am I burning when I'm going on this run or whatever it was. And so just small things, like find that, that small step that you can take um, that kind of just push you in that direction, I think makes a really big difference. Perfect. Those are both great, great things. Um, great advice for people to listen to and implement. Um, awesome. So you guys already um, told us the website, Instagram stuff. We're going to make sure that we post that um, on our social media. It goes and everywhere so that people have easy access to it. Um, definitely the newsletter as well. Um, but again, like we appreciate you guys talking with us. I'm again, I mean, I'm super pumped for this to come to fruition and like be up and running, like just for you guys and for the community as well. Like there's a lot going on behind the scenes that they don't know about. And you guys are definitely going all in. It's, it's so cool to see. Cool. Yeah. No, well, we appreciate that. It's been for sure. It's been a journey for sure to this point, and you know, we kind of feel like we're now officially at like the one yard one yard line, and like mm-hmm. really getting going. Um, but it's also been really cool to like see people like yourself like mm-hmm. reaching out and like bringing us into this community. I think that's like one of the most exciting parts about making the jump up to Green Bay is everybody's just so welcoming and so excited. Mm-hmm. for stuff like this and so um we're pretty pumped to just keep that momentum going and and getting deeper into the the 920 community yeah awesome all right guys well i appreciate it and uh we're looking forward to it all cool yeah good deal. Thanks. all right thanks trevor yep all right guys see you next time if you would like more information about us at movement performance and rehab or information on one of our guests or if you have a contact that would be a good guest for this podcast please send us an email at info at mvmtgb.com. That's info at movementgb.com.